I was literally like this when you were talking. Why the fuck were you moving your arms like that? <laughs> Can you just not, like, stay still? Stop being mad at me. No, I can't. Okay. I'm not mad at you. I'm just... You're just fucking let's stupid. Pre- let's pretend we like each other. <laughs> 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 Why did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> like, that's such a fucking death threat. This is um episode three. Happy November. Happy November. <laughs> Halloween's over. Oh, I'm very upset about that. I love Halloween. Well, Christmas is soon. I like Christmas. Yeah, this is a fun episode because yes. we're doing they slash them. I think this is like the first openly queer horror movie that's dealing with actual like queer problems that yeah. I've ever like heard of in the in the mainstream. Like obviously there's been some in the past, but like this is the one that's been advertised everywhere. It has like famous people in it like Kevin Bacon and stuff. So I was very excited to see it. I was too. Um especially cuz it's just such an incredibly funny concept. Yeah. So without spoiling anything, the film is about a gay conversion camp for teenagers where mysterious murders start happening and you have to work out who the killer is. It's very classic slasher vibes, very Friday the 13th. Yeah. Uh, I I think that those kind of vibes work pretty well for them. It does. I mean, you know, it's classic camp slasher, but it's conversion camp. Yeah, and that's what gives a lot of the tension in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we'll get on to talking about uh, the actual film now. So if you are scared of spoilers, run away. <laughs> I think it's going to be an interesting one. It I is. mean, my first note I wrote down is gays can't drive. That is also my first note. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Gay people can't drive. That's why I can't drive. Not because I'm blind. Not because you're blind. No, no, because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, double whammy. Yes. So it begins with a cold open where a woman is driving, um, but her car stops, and then she gets murdered because she crashes it yeah but then she yeah it's a it's a nice way to open up a you know a, a horror film she gets out of a car it's all the classic stuff she hears like a rustle in the bushes it turns mm. out to be like a like an elk or something yeah and then someone taps on her window <sighs> and then just like breaks in and murders yeah. her to be fair, it didn't do the thing where she um, looks in the rearview mirror and, like, they're in the car with her. Mm-hmm. But it was still very predictable, but it was very, like, fun and tense and, and very um, enjoyable to see anyway. But, yeah, so then we cut to uh, the camp. Yes. And we meet our campers. There are a lot of them. That I don't know any of their names. <laughs> but very quickly, yes. um, we find out who the, you know, core players are. Uh-huh. And Kevin Bacon is the obvious kind of villain in it. Like, he was very... It was very clear, like, because obviously we're normal people watching this movie uh, and we can see that this isn't right to own, like, a conversion yeah. camp. So you know who the villain is, like, straight away in terms of who the teens are, are going to be opposed to. But, yeah, when approaching the film, the only film I could think of or to compare it to was But I'm a Cheerleader. You know, mm. that same fun campy yes conversion therapy plot <laughs> and honestly it, it is very similar yeah but it's less funny um and more blood and guts 
Yeah, I mean, they slash them is... A lot of it is, like, very tense, and it kind of reminds me of a lot of more horrors that are less about, like, slashes and more about, like, rising tensions within group dynamics and then suddenly someone gets murdered. Because for most of the film, nobody gets touched, basically. Like, nothing happens. Yeah. In terms of murder. Um, I mean, obviously, it opens with that one murder, but besides that... But besides that, there's, like, a good hour where there's no <laughs> murder at all. But um, it's quite interesting, too, because um, it explores, like, the darker side of conversion therapy. Is there a light side? Well, if you watch But I'm a Cheerleader, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a lot lighter. It's a lot just like, stop being gay. Yeah. Whereas this was like, you know, exploring, well, I should say, I shouldn't say the darker side, I should say the reality. Yeah. Is the better word to use. It explores the reality of conversion mm. therapy and the pain. Yes. It's really sad. But, um, Something that we found fun when we um, were watching it today was um, predicting who was going to sleep with who. When all the characters were introduced, we were like, oh, this guy's going to try and sleep with this one, and these two lesbians are going to get together. Um, which we found very interesting because a lot of our predict- predictions were off. Yeah. To be fair, they did have a few twists. They did. Um, but then also I feel like some of them weren't justified. I had some issues with some of them. We'll get to that later mm. in the plot, but I had some issues with them, so that's quite interesting. Mm. But... um. Yeah, so to continue with the plot. So we open up, we meet our campers. Um, we meet our camp leader, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon, camp leader. Because <laughs> I cannot remember his character's name. Um, and then, and, sorry. Go Because I swear after... Oh, one of my notes just says Balthasar is good a name. Oh, we meet, uh, the, was it like the groundskeeper? Yeah, we meet all the counsellors as well. Um... And we thought the, <laughs> the nurse was fucking Kevin Baker's wife. Because <laughs> there was clearly something off there. there was but we were wrong about what. They were <laughs> um, it was, yeah. One of the, the the first hurdles that like that absolutely made me laugh was the fact that even at this gay gay conversion camp where all of the people there are homosexual almost all oh my god yes they still gender or segregated the cabins why would you put a bunch of gay men together in one cabin gay women a bunch of gay women in the other cabin like what what were you gonna expect to happen (laughs) because no there's just no excuse it's like oh we have to separate them what if one of the guys sleeps with one of the girls that's not an issue isn't that what they want (laughs) isn't that like their dream scenario (laughs) <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me yes oh and then um oh i thought the introduction um so after they go to so after they meet the counselors they do this trust circle thing and i thought that was such a good way to introduce all the characters yeah because they were cut in between and they're like why are they all there and they have all the different reasons different quirks about the characters <laughs> it also helps like it's, it's that moment it defines who are the characters we're going to follow yeah because we only hear the stories of the characters that this is going to be about yeah. even though there's like 12 campers there's we only follow like seven ish yeah something like that i still don't remember their names no and one tweet calls kevin bacon bitch he goes bitch <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 delicious i love it <laughs> um yeah bitch. sorry uh it's it's absolutely fun like opening up um it starts off really playful. I mean, it seems quite innocent. Yeah. Even Kevin Bacon's character introduces the conversion therapy camp saying that, oh, we don't want to change you. We're not trying to make you something you're not. You know, we're just going to make you be your true self. And I mean, it sounds lovely, but obviously it's 
a lot of shit. Very ominous. <laughs> but he's very much like, oh, you know, if anything, just enjoy the sun and have a good week, you know? Yeah. And it's very much like that. And it, and it as a film, starts very much like that, where it's just yeah. cutesy jokes. I mean, after that um, sort of therapy scene where we get to Meet all introduce the all, all the characters and find out why they're there, yeah, we have a scene where they're all tucked in for the night. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the jock is watching everyone put moisturiser on and he rolls over in bed and then the guy next to him is doing the same thing. Because moisturiser is gay. Moisturiser is gay. But that's also established that, like, the Nighttime jock isn't... routine is gay. Like other gays. <laughs> He's, He's a pick-me gay. Oh, the jock is such a pick-me gay, which... I'm not like other gays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use moisturiser. <laughs> My skin cracks. Also, that scene is very funny because um, what I what I will refer to as um, oh I love some of these notes are absolutely hilarious to me. Oh, gay people can't drive. We'll call him um, one of the gay men uh, who had the longer hair. We'll call him Desired Fruit. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll get to him, but it, it's quite a funny. Metalhead, not that, metalhead. Um, emo. Emo. The I mean, he, he gave the vibe. He wears a black shirt and he has long hair. He's emo. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> emo. Um, it's quite funny that he was including that scene, very like awkwardly applying his moisturizer and yeah. smiling at the jock, uh, considering what happens later when we find out the moisturizer gag is done. So and cute. then we wake up the next morning with uh, one of the characters from uh, the women's cabin, yes. getting up very early in the morning, going to the communal showers. And then being stalked. You and know, we think she's going to get murdered. Yep. And it turns out to be one of the counsellors watching her because they were trying to expose the fact that she was a trans woman. This part gave me, like, visceral rage when they moved her into the boys' um, cabin <sighs> and they started using the male version of her name. And, oh... I wanted to. I want them all to die like really quick, but it doesn't happen because we're still building up tension. But I'm just like, why can't the murders happen now? I I will say as a film, I was quite grateful that they they did as much as they needed to to mm. sort of you know show us transphobia, to show us that pain, to you know do that arc. But they didn't keep playing it just to be abusive. Yeah, which I appreciate. We didn't you know, have to hear her getting misgendered every second. Yeah. We didn't have to, you know, see her being mistreated every second, which I was grateful for because... We I get just as much, like, positive interactions with her as she does suffer as well. It's not just trauma porn, yeah. you know? Like, she laughs and dances and has a good time with and the has other a great queer arc. characters. She does. And, She's um, great... uh, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> the non-binary character. I thought that maybe that... Alexandra, the trans woman, should have been the main character, but then you can't call it they slash them because I found Jordan really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like anything they did. It was just, it was just like a, it was just like something about them that just didn't gel with me. Like there are people I just don't like for no reason, you know? Yeah. But that, they were um, a good actor though. But Jordan, our main character, Jordan, did have like a great bond mm. with um, Alexandra. Yes. They get yeah. closer and closer as the story goes on when um, Alexandra's moved into the boys' cabin next to Jordan. <laughs> Within that same arc, we see uh, Alexandra. She um, has to go and get her estrogen pills yes. off of the resident nurse. Nurse, nurse Ally! Nurse Ally! Ally! Um, she asks for her medication, which is disguised as 
Zoloft. Yeah. Uh, medication for depression. Um, and then she, you know, admits to the nurse that it's her estrogen and that she needs it. And the nurse does give it to her. She says, don't tell anyone. She, but she gives it to her. And it was, it was shocking, you know. And I yeah. think that, that that's the first part of the film where you start to realize that the nurse is not like the other camp counselors yeah. or people She's on the cool premises. Nurse. She also had lesbian drawers. She did. She did in the background. It was all pink and it was in a gradient. I'm like, that, those drawers are gay. It was pink, like orange. It was, you know, it was the... Those drawers were gay. Gay drawers. Gay drawers. What do you put in a gay drawer? Gay things. <laughs> like um, what's it called? <clears throat> like my collection of of carabiners. <laughs> a collection of carabiners. And, and and novelty earrings. I'm trying to think of what else is gay to go in the gay drawers. Shame. Shame. No, Carabiners, mean. novelty earrings, and plaid and shirts. No, shame's at the bottom. Okay, shame's at the bottom. Right, and the bottom. plaid shirts is above that or below that because Ooh. one of them is worse. <laughs> Which one though? Um, <laughs> but yeah, speaking of, by the way, some of the decisions that they made oh. uh, as camp counselors. Some yeah. of the processes processes that they do were absolutely confusing. Like I said, like the the gender segregated cabins, yes, were confusing because it seems like it wasn't going to prevent any, you know, um, of any, the behavior that they're against. Um, but then I guess I was like, oh, maybe it's just a, a sex thing where they just didn't want people of one sex to change in front of people of another sex, which I guess is somewhat understandable. Yeah, it was a little confusing because. At one point, isn't Jordan's birth sex announced? Yes. And they... Sh- Jordan is AFAB. Yeah, AFAB. Um, so I was, wonder- I was wondering throughout the whole thing then, why didn't they give them the, st- the same treatment as Alexandra? Mm-hmm. But it is explained that because um, Jordan announced it publicly, they were allowed to remain in the boys' cabin. Whereas Alexandra, who kept it a secret from the counsellors, it was used as a way to punish her. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, it did kind of feel like the idea of it being a punishment was just an excuse. Yeah. I... It kind of makes the... It kind of makes you think, like, how honest should any kind of queer person be about themselves, especially when they're in the face of danger? Mm -hmm. Like, to be honest... A lot of the people were acting very, like, flamboyant and openly queer and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I could do that in a situation where I am put in a place with people who are designed to make me conform. I think, personally, I think it would be easier to to then hide that those aspects of myself. And then once I'm out of conversion therapy, go and live my life as normal. But obviously that completely, like, changes if you're traumatised and all of that, that kind of thing. I mean, not to get too political either. I mean, it's hard to with this film. I mean, it touches on a lot of serious issues. Mm. But I do think that the fact that both Alexandra and Jordan are both, um, you know, two trans characters and Alexandra, an AMAB trans woman and Jordan, an AFAB uh, masculine non-binary person uh, were both put into the, the boys' cabin and I feel like it, it did sort of, you know, speak to the fact that in a lot of this anti-trans 
uh, stuff that's happening. It's it's mostly about securing uh, a safe space, or should I say, a secluded space for cis um, women. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's harsh. It is harsh, but I think a lot of the film is designed to make, I guess, to make you uncomfortable with the rea- reality that queer people still face, especially in places like the USA where conversion therapy is still legal um, in a lot of places. Um, so it's harsh and it's horrible to like watch, but at the same time, what do you expect? Yeah. You, we get to see some of their weird uh, techniques and some of the weird things that they do conversion-wise. Like the segregated sex thing was very funny to me, but also the handcuff scene in which they are all woken up in the middle of the night, yeah. uh, taking out in their coats, and each person is handcuffed to another and they're separated into pairs. Yeah. Pairs of the same gender. Yeah. That, then, that one's like you're asking for something to happen. And then they're told to walk out into the woods... And just stay there? Yeah. Walk out into the woods for that quite a few paces. Safe. Well, no, it doesn't. But also, was it ever explained what the p- purpose of that was? No, I have a feeling that it was like a cut scene. Because I think you, you would have taken more advantage of that. You're in a forest. Like, th- that's the whole point of, like, camp slashes. Like, you know, you're surrounded by trees. Dark figures can hide in there all the time. Like, you can... Like, you, they should have taken more advantage of that whole thing. Maybe killed off a few people. Yeah. But they decide not to. I believe that's the same scene where... No, it's not. It's similar time to where Balthazar gets murdered. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's not taking advantage of any of the, like, scenery. It's just in a cabin somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it was nice that... um, Again, talking about their weird methods. Um, separating them and sending them off secluded in the woods with someone of their same gender again how is this You're making them straight it. they're asking I'm, for it <laughs> i'm so confused but um i guess the one redeeming factor was that we get to see our slasher our masked slasher in the distance watching mm. um jordan and alexandra yeah um from the distance and jordan does shout like who are you and then i think us. it's alexandra that challenged him it was jordan wasn't it i thought it was alexandra i'm pretty sure it's jordan um, we get to you know see them challenge the slasher, but the slasher doesn't harm any of them. Even yeah. though they're all incredibly vulnerable, it doesn't. I guess that's sort of the first part in the film where we're like, oh, wait. The, the children s- aren't in danger. The children aren't in danger. At least not from the slasher. And especially later on, it's kind of confirmed like, oh, the slasher's probably there more so for protection. Especially yeah. because they were so vulnerable um, mm. to uh, the council's wrath. Mm. Yes. So after this, I wrote down cute scene ruined by rap. And basically, when everyone gets to go back to their camp uh, cabins the following day, they start singing Pretty Please by Pink. And it's very cute. But one of the characters gets up and starts like doing the rap verse of it. I just thought that was awful. <laughs> but it's it turns um, into... The bisexual one you like. It, yeah, but she was not... She was not meant for rap. <laughs> she was not meant for rap. They start singing. <laughs> it turns into like a music video almost, where like the jock slides across the floor, and then the Camp the rock. twink is like voking with with Alexandra like strutting in the background. 
But and it's cute that they're all doing it together, and it's like they're all like solidarity amongst queer people, and that's very sweet. So it gets cute after the rap again, but I just thought that rap was it awful. Does. I think in a lot of films, seeing just a musical break like that, yeah, I wouldn't like it. But two major points: one, I think the film has fun enough themes that it was just hilarious and just so not serious. But also, gay people do that shit all the time. They, really <laughs> they just do. sing it all the time. <laughs> but then the second thing is up to that point we were seeing a lot of dark stuff yeah and um not even dark just upsetting real stuff yeah um we weren't seeing much killing but we were seeing so much just like queer issues it was a lot of it was a lot of film as much as it is some points funny a lot of it's very grounded and that's what makes like breaks like that unexpected but also very welcome, I think. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The musical it. break was a nice little warm bit. <laughs> it, was, it came out of fucking nowhere. But Especially because of the meaning of the song, because it's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. It's very cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was nice. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, sorry, at this point I wrote, because I will take notes while we're watching the film, but at this point I wrote, it was very cute that we get to know the characters a lot before any kind of killing happens. Um, a lot of the scenes, yeah. there's like barely any scenes with the kids, you know, actually confronting the slasher or anything like that. And so a lot of it is just looking at how they bond with each other, how they get through all the hard times and, you know, how they relate to each other. And that is really like, I think more slashers should do that. I would prefer if there were breaks for the killing in it, but I like the idea of a prolonged period of getting to know different people before they get murdered. It's not, I mean, it's not the first horror film to do this, but it's yeah. quite interesting that all of the, the good people, you know, the, the, the queer characters are unharmed the entire time and mm. until, like, the final scene. Yes. Don't really experience anything scary from the slasher. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, the evil characters, the counsellors, are the ones that suffer the wrath the entire time. Yes. And I think that's really nice to see. I know I, nothing ever justifies murder. <laughs> wow. And it, <laughs> it is just the film. But it's, I don't know, it's kind of nice to see, you know, a horror film where the bad, the bad people are the ones getting killed and the good people don't end up accidentally getting in the way. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I will say, though... Um, there were a couple that annoyed me that I think they should have died, but that's just me. The next part of the part, and this is after the handcuff scene in which they're taken into the woods and handcuffed. Yes. One purpose for that was because they were going through their bags. Yes. So while they were stuck in the woods, all the counsellors were rummaging through their belongings back in their And cabins. that's when Jordan's uh, birth sex was um, revealed to the most horrible woman ever. Yeah, Kevin woman. Bacon's wife. Kevin Bacon's <laughs> wife. Not real. I probably not. I don't think they're married. No. Just I feel like I feel like out of context. I'm just insulting Kevin Bacon's wife. But no, Kevin Bacon married. was great. He did a great performance. Yeah, he was good. He was a really great performance. Um, but Kevin Bacon's wife. Po- most performances are really good. I'd oh, say. I think yeah, I liked them a lot. Yeah. Um, any performer I didn't quite like, I just think they weren't given the opportunity to shine. Yeah. I think like um. Balthazar was Balthazar it? you're giving him a sick ass name like Balthazar I mean he was just a creep perv that ends up like but being you don't the first get kill. to use him like Balthazar's such like an iconic name you should give him more shit to do yeah I'd name my kid Balthazar <laughs> you what I'm not having kids so <laughs> you so fucking would um but yeah Destined so Kevin Bacon's wife yeah 
Yeah. Kenbeck's <laughs> wife in the film plays uh, the therapist on site. Yeah. And she's very manipulative and she clearly gets into people's heads. She got into under my um, skin. I hate so it. So she much. finds Jordan's Bible mm. and she's going through that Bible, looking at some of the pictures and the drawings in it, and then finds a family photo which shows Jordan as a young child surrounded by the almost entire navy family i think it's military navy i don't know one yeah and she gets this little sick look on her face Mm. and then it cuts to the next day in which jordan goes for a therapy session everyone's forced to go yeah and immediately we see her using what she learned against jordan um yeah she tries to relay and she essentially steals Jordan's entire story and is like, oh, I grew up in a family where they were all yeah. in the Navy and blah, blah, blah. And they would wah, wah, wah. never love me unless I fit in. So I tried to stand out and I made stuff up. Basically trying to say that being non-binary is invalid, which is just stupid. Um, I think that, I think I thought it was a good scene though, like in, in a horrific way. In a horrific way, yeah. Because it really did touch on like, like a very valid, real um, fear of like, a lot of queer people which is like what if there is this one point or this one thing that makes me the way i am or made me the way i am what if i'm not just the way i am what if it was a trauma what if it was an event what if it's just an act what if it and and it really played on that and i think that's the scariest thing in the film i think (laughs) i think i think a lot of the film is based around like the idea of if queer people did conform would they be suddenly loved by all the straight people that condemned them in the first place and obviously the answer is is no their love mm-hmm. is never conditional is their love their love is always co- conditional if they won't accept you in the first place yeah and that's what a lot of them has to deal with is if it is easier for them to be miserable and live in hiding and shame than it is to be out and to be yourself because you have to fight to be yourself especially in the religious families that these people are born into um and that's really what hit home when she was talking in that scene the horrible therapy scene and to be fair, that actually comes before the musical break. Does it? Yes, because then... I wrote the musical break thing before my um, before my before the therapy scene stuff. Because surely um, it cuts to because it cuts from that to the cabin in which Jordan's opening up to Alexandra and very clear that the therapist has gotten in their head and oh yes you're right yeah and they're like oh do you ever think that like we're the way we are because wah 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 and then Alexandra starts singing the song she slayed um so it was quite fun too because it was like oh no like Jordan's starting to be like torn from the inside out and then Alexandra was like hell no come on pink (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it just goes to prove that um pink solves conversion therapy yeah. Yeah. No. I actually know for a fact that Pink... <laughs> Pink inspired a lot of lesbian haircuts. You think so? She inspired mine. <laughs> In the beginning, <laughs> at a pixie cut, shaved on one side. Are you kidding me? Yeah. A lot of baby gays owe their existence to Pink. <laughs> we love Pink here. I love Pink. She's great. My mom loves Pink. She's great. She's a great performer. She's let's get back to this <laughs> <laughs> so we've got um okay so then we've got jordan after being pumped up by the musical session oh they go and they sneak into the counselor's cabin yeah and they find loads of stock in the gym oh my god so jordan gets into the the council well kevin bacon's office 
Kevin Bacon Catalog Office. Yeah, and, you know, opens up one of the drawers and finds these photos of, like, abused children who have been to the camp before. They look like stock images. These are stock images. Like, <laughs> these are fresh off of Google. Like, they look like they've been printed off, like... They're not even on photo paper. They don't look like they were taken with the same camera. Some of them don't look like the same era, which some, is semi-intentional maybe. Some of them are like 60s clothes, 2020 camera. Some of them look like like someone just ripped a photo off of like someone's MySpace page and then just like imposed like <laughs> some like bruising on their cheek. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious. That was, oh. That was so ineffective that seems like a last minute thing that like a runner had to go run and do yeah and was just like googling like oh the royalty free pictures of sad children <laughs> abused children <laughs> <laughs> oh it was so bad oh yes. so, i generally i actually it was so bad that i i, I almost tried I, to, I, just, I almost tried to justify with myself that it must be intentional so i was like maybe these are just stock images that were printed by Kevin Bacon to like maybe get into the head of Jordan's. I, I don't know. Cause it was so fucking bad. I tried oh. so hard to justify it, but no, they were real images. Well, supposedly. But it turns out they've been doing this for a long time. And that's yeah. what we learned from that scene. And then I wrote nurse ally homophobic, but I don't remember why I wrote this. Oh, Okay, so our nurse ally, she come, she bumps into Jordan in the office looking at the photos. Oh, yes. And um, she's alarmed by the photos as well. And um, Jordan's like, oh, why are they, you know, you have to do something. Like, yeah. they shouldn't be doing this. They've been doing this forever. Look, you know. Um, and she seems concerned, but not taking as much action as someone yeah. in the right mind should in that moment. Yeah. And at the time, it does lead us to assume that She's actually on their side. She's been double-crossing him. Yeah. Double agent. But the truth is, is that she is on her own mission. She's on her own mission. And um, But we're not spoiling that bit yet. We no. already spoiled the forbidden fruit bit. I feel like we might have already, but we'll see. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll, we'll see. see. But it, it gives you questions, <laughs> you know? What's happening here? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh, my note about the nurse oh, in that I scene was do not trust the, the nurse. Fake ally. <laughs> Fake ally. <laughs> <laughs> which which I was wrong about. Which I was wrong about. You were wrong about. I was wrong about. I was wrong about. See, I just thought she was gay. Oh, which she is. Because all the counselors were gay, right? Yeah. Oh, they actually, were. Kevin Bacon's wife might not have been. No. So we have a fake nurse ally scene, and then we have my favorite arc of the film, which is exploring gender norms, in which oh the boys God. and the girls are separated, and then taken on a a day of challenges to explore yes. gender norms and um as the counselor says it's a way to um find community and joy in tradition and i pose the question <laughs> is if you're a housewife in a gender norm how are you supposed to find community when you're not like when you're not allowed to do anything basically like all you're allowed to do is bake pies and serve men how are you supposed to find a community doing that if if you know, you can't have... Women can't have hobbies. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially... Pies. Should we talk about what the girls are doing and then talk about the boys? Yeah, okay. Okay, so starting with the girls. On the girls' side of this exploring gender roles day, the girls are taken into a kitchen together. Yeah. And they are having a pie-making class. Yeah. 
led by our led by one of the other counselors who's married to the coach who's leading the boys team yeah and um she's saying all this bullcrap and she is making pies she's making pies um and then she's like so what do we do when the pies are done one of the veronica asks and she's like oh we serve them to the boys of course and all we could think about was how much pie is that (laughs) and do they not get to eat any of it themselves but women don't eat apparently no women don't eat actually um i googled but you know um so they're told that they're going to serve their pies to the boys which again doesn't make sense because it's a pie for each boy maybe more maybe more don't know the exact numbers Mm. which is absolutely ridiculous that's a lot of fucking Um, pie but the most interesting part about this whole pie scene is the fact that the counselor running it is gay is gay but we knew that yeah but after everyone leaves she says a trad wife girl um stay here and then she starts feeling up her arm and making her lick pie off her fingers and then I wrote here, uh, groomer pie. Groomer pie. It's like pizza gate. Groomer pie. <laughs> groomer pie. Groomer pie. Um, it was very unsettling. <laughs> it was very unsettling. It is very uns- uh, And I couldn't tell if it was genuinely just her being, you know, a nonce. Or if she was doing it intentionally to make... To bait her. To bait her or make Tradwife uncomfortable. Because Tradwife gets incredibly uncomfortable and she runs out. Yeah. She's like, ah, no. Yeah. As, that's a normal reaction, I think. To being, well, to ass- be, assaulted. To be, yeah. It's very uncomfortable. She takes a cherry from the pie and she puts it in. She, like, forces it in her mouth as well. She, Tradwife's she's mouth. She's like, no thanks, I'm not hungry. And then she's like, in her mouth. But only half of it, though. Because then she takes the oh, other yeah. half and then puts it into her mouth. That's so gross. She starts talking about her and comparing her to the pie, saying that oh, it's kind of yeah. like you, it's warm and, and, and perfectly nice. formed. I'm just like, someone described me as warm, I'd be like, what the fuck? But no, you'd be like, thank you. <laughs> someone said, you're warm and perfectly formed. <laughs> I'd be like, like this pie. I'd say thank you. I think that's really sweet, actually. I think I'd have more questions about the pie if I could eat it. <laughs> um, okay, so... You'd get grilled. <laughs> Can I keep that in? Yeah. <laughs> You'd get groomed. Yeah, but probably. But that's because I don't turn down free food. <laughs> so anyway, we go over to the boys. Yeah. Um, and they are taken on like a little outdoor shooting range. They're each given a rifle and they've got targets, you know, quite a few paces and away. Jordan eats the sea. Jordan eats they go, it bah, up. Bah. So All they the targets. shoot the hell out of the target, doing amazing. Yeah. And then the coach come over and has to, you know, have like a big toxic masculine moment oh, yeah. where he's like, oh, well, you can't beat me. You can't beat me. And Jordan's like, okay, bet. Um, and then they do. Yep. Absolutely slay. Slayed. Slay. Slayed. 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 Slay. We're trying to get the last slay in. Slay. 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 Okay. Uh, you win. Slay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, no, absolutely slay. kill the scene. But then it's followed up. Well, the whole point of that scene is that um, they're trying to make the boys do more masculine hobbies and trying yeah. to bring the man out in them, which um, I think it annoys Kevin Bacon's character in that Jordan, our AFAB non-binary uh, character, happens to excel the most out yeah. of all of the... Um, Men eat shit, as always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> num 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 num. Um, 
I don't know. I'm eating a shit. I don't. pie. Yeah, I got, I'm getting, I, I took the pie. I took the pie and I took what came with it. Well, Have you got pie? No, because you turned it down. No, because I didn't get molested. And now you're jealous. Now you're jealous. I got pie and you don't. Uh, <laughs> stop. So uh, the sort of climax of this lesson is when, oh my God, we didn't even talk about the dog. There is a dog on the camp the entire time. We should have mentioned at the beginning. I mean, it's, I, it's I not relevant. I thought he was there the whole time this until he turned up. Old hound that seems completely irrelevant. He, um, that dog was dying. Very clearly dying, very clearly old. Um, they bring the dog to the shooting range and then they give the gun to... The twink. The most effeminate twink. The, one, who's, the one who called Kevin Bacon, bitch! <laughs> that one. Our musical gay. He was the musical theater the gay. Musical theater gay. He was. That was his um thing. He was the musical theater gay, um, and he's made to hold the rifle. And Kevin Bacon's character is telling him that he needs to put the dog down. Yeah. Because shoot it's him, sick. be a man. And obviously, our musical theater gay is like, no, I don't. I don't want to shoot this dog, yeah. even if it is sick. It's like innocent or whatever. He doesn't say this. But he just kind of like, Aah! yeah. Which is like, what was that impression? Um, but it's a good story for that. <laughs> yeah. It goes. <laughs> It's a great performance. I, I really liked his character. Um, but um, And then Jordan snipes it. Well, before that... But nothing happens before that. Yes. So the musical theater gay is like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then Kevin Bacon's character says um, that if he doesn't do it, then the coach who comes in with a sledgehammer is going to break the dog's legs one by one and make it suffer till it's dead. It's a very traumatizing scene. Like, it's fucking bad. It is. Bad. And so Kevin Bacon's character is, is screaming at the music of the theater, okay, do it, do it, do it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And then... And then Jordan comes in and fucking snipes it. Like a badass. Like a badass. And then points the gun at Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And then shoots it in the air like a redneck. And then, like, dashes it. Yeah. Like a sissy. <laughs> sissy boy. Because that's non-binary. <laughs> being a cool sniper redneck and a sissy <laughs> at the same time oh my god that's being non-binary um <laughs> thank you for educating me <laughs> okay so after the dog killing scene um we oh, get the follow-up on our on the girls the on, groomer pie situation on veronica and trad wife and they get freaky uh they do on trad the wife goes to the the deck she's having a she's having a fag by the lake. Yeah. Um, and then, it was, it was weed, right? I thought it was a, a, sure I thought it was it was a cigarette. Because she was holding it like this. And you don't, don't usually hold a, a, a weed like this. I don't remember. Either way, they weren't She's supposed to have it. She's smoking something. Um, and then Veronica sits with her. Yeah. And, you know, she tells her about how she was almost groomed. Or assaulted is a better term. Yeah. Um, and then they confide in each other. And we find out that Veronica is there writing a paper. Mm. Uh, you know, she's disguising herself as someone wants to change, but she doesn't. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird then, way of doing research. Sorry, but going to a conversion camp is probably not the way I would do research for a college paper. Interview people. Watch a documentary. Don't fucking put yourself in danger. That's how you get the best thing now. No. You don't think she came home with a great story? I got into uni without going to fucking hell. Did Really? Yeah, and so did you. I'm talking about my uni experience. Yeah, but you got in without going to fucking hell. So. Fair, fair. Anyway, and then they get freaky. And I. And it's explicit. It is. It's She's explicit. like fully, like, slurping it up. <laughs> slurping. 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 She's having a little munch. <laughs> a little munch. A little munch. A little munch. 
She didn't get any pie, so she ate something else. And, but I mean, that was a nice climax. I mean, <laughs> wait, not like that, you bitch. Wait, that was a nice climax to their relationship because they actually had a lot of moments before that. They had their slow bonding leading up they to that. Did. It was a bit of a jump at the end, but it was nice. Whereas almost, it makes sense. It actually makes sense. Like it actually directly after this, the jock goes for a swim and fucks forbidden fruit. Forbidden fruit, Mr. Emo man. Mr. Emo comes man. out to the lake and just strips and then gets into the water in his no underwear. No build up. No build up. We've seen no interaction between them. Like heavy interaction between the jock and they the walk fr- next forbidden to each fruit other once. <laughs> Yet suddenly. They fucking. He's just in his underwear and he's like, okay, let's fuck then. And they fuck. And then he wakes up um, in the shack that they fucked in. Yeah. And um, Forbidden Fruit sat on the chair watching him very creepily. It's saying creepy stuff about, oh, I'm a. The only identity I care about is that predator I'm a and predator prey. and prey. Which I'm one a, are you? A predator, but what are you? Yeah. I guess we'll find out. And then that we find out that uh, Mr. Emo. He's a mole. He's a fruit. mole. He's a mole. He goes in and he sleeps with the most masked gay men in the camp to try and Well, I think that was them. just a coincidence. No, I think he just tries to tempt anyone, doesn't he? Girl, look at the ginger guy, the, the coach. He was like, oh, this happened to me too. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes in and he goes and tries to sleep with the most macho one. And if they resist, then obviously it's like, oh, you can join us. But if they don't resist... Horrible shit happens. Electroshock therapy. Horrible shit happens. But we thought he was the least desirable one. Am I allowed to say that without sounding mean? No. It, it was quite... I mean, I don't... It wasn't I don't the one, to... He wasn't the one I expected. He's not ugly. Don't worry. Like, he's not ugly. He's not ugly, but the fact that he's described as desirable fruit and that... What does Kevin Bacon say? He says that... He nobody... said he called him the forbidden fruit. <laughs> the forbidden fruit. And he says that nobody can resist taking a bite or whatever. There's always someone each, you know, each... Uh, yeah, that can't resist taking a bite. And it's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> to be fair, that scene comes out of nowhere. Oh, absolutely nowhere. Especially because they're trying to push a romance between... Mm. Um, Veronica, the mask lesbian, and... Oh, I want to call her Brittany, but I don't think that's her name. But she looks like a trad wife. We'll just call her, yeah, we'll call her the, the Christian lesbian. The trad wife. And um, Veronica. Veronica's so edgy, but I love her so much. Like, she's like, I'm bisexual and I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'm like, girl, same. Love her. Um, but she got her trad wife. They she had did. their moment. And they get explicit. They do get explicit. Yeah. But, um, but their romance is built up so well. And then suddenly this, like, forbidden fruit guy comes in and sleeps with a jock. And we're like, where did this come from? It does. But back to where we are in the plot. Yes. So, back to where we are in the plot. Yeah. Wait, before... And then he gets captured and taken away by the counsellors. But before that... But before that, I have something to say. Say it. Speak your, speak your truth. Okay, <laughs> I wrote down a note, and it's very profound. It says, woman sex good, man sex bad. Oh, sorry. Are you homophobic? Woman sex good, man sex bad. <laughs> Only towards men. No, it was bad. It annoyed me because... It was bad because it came out of nowhere. <laughs> It's a, yeah, I mean, obviously, he, once the twist happens of him being taken away and we find out that the Forbidden Fruit, the emo boy that he slept with, yeah. is actually working with the counsellors and he's actually just decoy. Sure, it makes a little bit more sense then, but it's annoying because we get this more well-rounded um, sort of connection between these two um, gay women where they actually have cute bumps together, get to know each other. They actually have this bond yeah. and then it leads to this climax. Whereas with these two white, thin, muscular gay men they just 
randomly take their clothes off and then fuck without knowing each other. Which is weird because the twink who tried, who almost shot the dog, uh, the Mr. Sondheim, the musical theater, musical theater guy. In a few scenes, or is it in a scene that's close to this one? He goes, "Oh yeah, but Stu, the jock, is basically my fiance at this point." And at the end of the film, they're very close, and we don't get to see that either, which is yeah. very confusing. Which means it makes me think something was cut because it's the film is like an hour and forty minutes. And it just it, it almost feels disrespectful too because we do have oh, the possibility of this like nice little uh, gay relationship between the two gay men, the jock and the musical theater gay. Um, like, it could have been good. And towards the end, you know, they're holding hands while he's being, like, you know, wheeled away in the yeah. ambulance and they clearly got something no there. Up. No build up. And also, it's, it feels like a disrespect to their relationship that... He sleeps with someone else. He sleeps randomly within the, the slow growth of whatever is between them. He just, like, randomly fucks some of the guy who just took his clothes off in front of him. I mean, it just... It just... I get it. Like, gay men are promiscuous. Yeah, we know. But, like, do we just need to see that all the time? This is a bit tiring. I just, mm-hmm. it just seemed ridiculous that all it took was that man just taking off his shirt and he was like, okay, we're going to fuck now. Stu was desperate, for real. It was disappointing. It felt like they just needed it to happen so they had an excuse to take him away and put him in the electric shock yeah. therapy chair. Electro shock therapy. So, and they used more stock images for it. <laughs> so we find out, obviously, that Forbidden Fruit, <clears throat> Mr. Iwobwe, is actually a decoy working with the counsellors. Yes. And he's there to tempt the boys into sleeping with him so that they can be punished. So they take Jock away yeah. into a private room with a big TV yeah. and they, you know, put jumper cables on him and stuff. And then they put stock images of naked ladies and naked men in front of him. Not even fully naked, like nah. in their They're underwear. Like fully in underwear. Not even sexy underwear, like in bikinis and shit. Yeah. And then every time there's a picture of a man, they, they shock him. Shock him. And every time there's a picture of a woman, they give Let him release. Breathe. <laughs> Obviously, it's to create the association that like, oh... Man, looking bad. at man is bad, and looking at woman is good, um, which is actually something that's really been used. Yeah, it's, it's really tough to watch. Mm. Yeah, I think it would have been it would have been more visceral had they used not stock images. But mm-hmm. apart from that, like his performance is quite good. Um, being shocked, and everyone was talking about how the the coach is like, oh, it worked for me. Don't worry about it. It's very like disturbing in that sense. Yeah, especially um, because as we find out in a moment, it didn't really work for him, did it? No. Um, because uh, what happens next is that the nurse, Miss Fake Real Nurse Ally. Um, oh, sh- the Stu gets taken to the nurse. Yes. And I had a question here: is why is it every time in a horror movie they always say, "I can't stand for this. I'm going to the police." Why would you announce that to a group of people that you're against? Would you not sneak away? Like have some. You're you're a nurse with a medical degree, and you you're so dumb that you're like, "I'm gonna announce going to the fucking police in front of these people." I think maybe it's because she wasn't actually gonna go to the police. No, it was because a twist. she'd already killed someone by it then. Makes sense in twist, but that doesn't stop it from happening in every oh. other horror movie. Spoiled it. Oh, I'm sorry. I spoiled it, even though I said you could. <laughs> the nurse sorry. Uh, had already killed our Balthazar, our groundskeeper at that point. So I do not think she was going to call the police. Yeah. Because obviously she would get caught before she could finish her mission. Yeah. Anyway, so she, anyway, she semi rescues um, our jock from the electroshock therapy, and then we get my favorite kill in the film. Is this the scene? This is the scene. The <laughs> so- phone sex scene. Now, when you hear phone sex, you, you may be thinking something very different. You're not thinking of what we're thinking. You're not thinking of the right thing. You're not. You're not. 
so we see the coach and then um, the groomer pie in the bed. Who are married. They're, they're married. You don't really see them interact that much, but they're in bed together and they're looking at each other's phones and he's showing her pictures of naked ladies and she's showing him pictures of naked men so they can get in the mood. And they start... Uh, having, in their underwear. Yeah, and they and they start having their marital relations. In their underwear, for the, like, well, not fully called, but like in their underwear. That's I feel like it's very important that they're not naked. They're not naked. No. They're just grinding up no, against each other. They're grinding, and then he he's on top of her, and the phone is on the pillow next to her, and he's looking over while he's grinding at the picture of this shirtless guy. Of this shirtless man, and then they both get stabbed. And then, uh, yeah, the woman under him opens her eyes. Yeah. Groomer pie. She opens her eyes. <laughs> and she sees our slasher, yeah. our slasher be- behind um, yeah. the coach. And they get chopped up. Yeah. And then this is where I wrote straight sex equals death. Yeah. Which is a slasher rule. So I'm Such a really good I'm announcement to make, you know, good. I'm not straight phobic. I'm not straight phobic, but straight sex equals death. It does. Um, be careful out there. <laughs> um, use protection. <laughs> because Don't fuck in the woods. Straight sex leads to death, or worse, children. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> anyway, they get stabbed um, because they're pretending to be straight. Yeah, that's what they get. Yeah. Just be gay. Um, and you would have lived. And then we get the forbidden fruit and he gets captured by the masked people and put into the same room as the conversion therapy and they get conversion therapy to death. That happens next. That's literally the next thing that happens. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Um, I didn't have anything to say. I was like, oh, I got a thought. No, I don't. No. No thoughts, head empty. No thoughts, head empty. Um, straight sex bad. Straight sex bad. <laughs> yeah, they they just electrocute him with the pictures just going in the background, and that's actually my favorite kill of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's it's no blood. There's no blood in it, and I think that's really fun and inventive. It's, it's like a little, little bit, bit on the chest. A little bit, but, like, but fried from the inside. Mostly fried, yeah. And you don't get a lot of fried deaths in uh, horror movies. It's mostly stabbings, shootings. Maybe it's true. Occasional drowning. I think when you're killing that many characters, do I mean it's only a handful, but multiple characters within a film in a, an enclosed space, it's nice to have a bit of variety, you know. To be fair, there there's a lot of characters in this film, but not a lot of them get killed. And usually with a slasher film, everyone gets killed, apart from like yeah. one person. Which is true. Um, and I will, I, I I guess I will say another thing is um a lot of the fear that I felt watching it, I mean, like, you know, about how much fear do you really feel? Mm. But um, what came from a lot of the queer topics, it was a lot of the uncomfortability about the reality of these, like, really dark, painful, and abusive conversion therapy methods and the fact and truth about that and the queer struggles was a lot of the fear for me. It wasn't so much the slasher, at least not for the majority of the film, because the slasher only ever goes after the counsellors. Mm. If anything, it just feels relieving to see them die. Yeah. Um, and there aren't too many jump scares where I was like, "Ooh." No, there's not that many jump scares. So it's quite interesting in that, and in that we don't fear the big bad too much in this film. Maybe a bit in the beginning, especially in that first like opening scene of the 
uh, women in the car being killed. But besides that, we don't fear it too much, which is makes the film quite interesting. Yes. So I would actually say that personally, I didn't find this film very scary. Like <laughs> I found it uncomfortable at points, mm-hmm. but this isn't the type of film. Well, this is, I don't never get scared at slashes. Yeah. And um, slashes aren't my genre really. Like yeah. I like them; they're fine. But like, I'm never scared at a slasher. Um, and this was not, this was not an exception. I think there's less to do with like the topics and everything because those those were uncomfortable and they did they did make me wince and stuff. But I think it's just the filmmaking that like made me less inclined to be scared. I agree, but I think um, I mean as I said, like how you know how much fear can you feel? Yeah. Um, because I don't typically. F- feel too much fear from slashes either mm-hmm. but there's at least that tension and the release jump scares you know any time that it involves a big bad there's this mm-hmm. level of like ooh, you know this like the, the tension yeah. and th- th- i didn't have that throughout the film and sure that could be to some extent the filmmaking but more so i think it's because again we had no reason to fear the slasher we weren't given one um for most of the film and so whenever there was a scene where the slasher turned up or we felt like the slasher might be somewhere nearby. I didn't, I wasn't worried. I wasn't scared. There wasn't any tension. Yeah. Because I wasn't afraid that the slasher was going to do anything bad to our main characters. And I think that's, I think that's probably where the film is weakest. I guess so. I agree. I think that, um, cause we do have that scene where right at the beginning, mm. really early on in the film where Alexandra is in the shower. Yeah. That one's very tense. The camera stalking towards the communal showers mm. and we do think that the killer's there yes. and at that point we don't know who the killer's there to kill yeah. so we still feel that tension and I think they could have you know rolled that a little bit mm. longer into the film mm. the idea of like we don't know who the killer's after so that we would be scared of them because mm. we very quickly I mean there's like no deaths so we're not scared and then when they start being deaths it's very quickly clear that like oh they're not coming for the kids yeah so yeah um after these two scenes, the ca- children and the nurse and Kevin Bacon and his wife all come to the middle because they've realised that some things are happening. Bodies have been discovered. Um, yeah, the slasher has moved all of the The bodies, bodies. into the mess hall, is it? Yeah. The nurse um, decides to take the lead and Kevin Bacon and his wife look for guns. Um, Alexandra takes most of the children and decides to walk back to town. Because she says she's not waiting for the psychopath to the bus. <laughs> she's such a queen for that. I love her. Um, and she takes the lead. And Jordan goes after the killer. And then Ken Baker's wife dies. She dies on her way to get the guns. She dies on her way to get the guns. And then the Sorry. killer puts her body into the cupboard. Yes. Jordan goes to it, follow. Yeah. To doesn't look. find the wife. And then here's Kevin coming. Kevin coming. And then he goes into... They go Kevin into coming. The, Sorry, that's very funny. Anyway, go on. Sorry. They hear Kevin coming. <laughs> and then they hide they in all. the cupboard with, and they find the body. And they're, like, covering the mouth because, obviously, like, they don't want Kevin to spot them and shoot them. Mm-hmm. Then they see the killer, the slasher, come for Kevin. And the slasher takes her mask off. And it's nurse ally who actually turned out to be nurse gay nurse gay and she reveals that she was once one of the many children at the camp who was abused by kevin bacon 
I feel like I've called him Kevin Hart at one point in this, in this video to see it while editing. But um, revealed that she was once one of the children who were abused by Kevin Bacon. Yes. Um, at this conversion therapy camp. And her goal is to eradicate conversion therapy by killing all of the counselors. Starting with the one that abused her. I think that's a valid motive. So she reveals all of this, and then she goes to kill Kevin Bacon, and he stops her. Yeah. And so Jordan jumps out of the, the And grabs the gun that fell out of her hand. And points it at Kevin Bacon. Oh, and this bit pisses me off. Okay. I have a quote, direct quote from the film. And so they're all in a face-off, a standoff. And Jordan's holding the gun. And Molly, the nurse, is like, shoot him, shoot him. And Kevin's like, shoot her, shoot her. Um, don't kill me. You, This isn't you. That kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. And... Jordan says, I'm strong enough to not do this. And this pissed me off because Kevin has done nothing but abuse and mistreat children for years and years and years and create a kind of cult of ex of ex um, attendees at this camp. And they're not going to, like, kill him? Yeah, I, I agreed. It, is a, it was such a mushy ending. It took the, you know, like, the high road ending. High road in quotation marks. I don't think it's the high road. But then, even though Jordan decides not to shoot Kevin Bacon, <laughs> my second favourite death of this whole movie is Molly shoves Kevin Bacon into a taxidermy rhino head and impales his ass. Yeah, I love it because um, it's, it's such a well-done scene where Jordan is like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm too... I'm, I'm, I'm strong enough not to do this. And then they put the gun down. And then it like turn around and then immediately Molly screams ah! and then just runs at Kevin Bacon. It's very funny. It was very good. Um, and then she has a really sick quote because on the sign that comes into the camp, it says like renew, rejuvenate, rejoice or some shit. And she says when she slices Kevin's throat open while he's impaled on a taxidermy rhino, <laughs> says rejoice, renew, revenge. Fucking slayed. Slay. Slayed. That was such a that was such a classic like slasher type like thing to say. Yeah. So good. And then there's some admin between Molly and Jordan about like, oh, we should travel together and kill and you know, destroy all of these and conversion no. therapy camps. Well, because Jordan's just like, why is this my problem? Why is this my fight? <laughs> why like, is this my problem? <laughs> no, but I agreed with that extent. I was like Mm-mm. But you should have at least shot shot Kevin. But I think... Um, or given Molly the gun. But then there was this... It was it was definitely way overdone in the end. This whole, like, oh, high road thing. I mean, oh like, Jordan talks to everywhere. Molly and is like, I'm no longer going to let anyone tell me who I am. Not Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and not you, Molly. And it's like... It's obviously doing that thing of, like, oh, like, there is these two paths being presented to you. Either, like, change and, like, horrible, like, queerphobic path. Or it's like oh, be angry and revenge and, like, get back at them. And it's like, no, I'm just going to be myself and, like, I don't need to be scooped to their level. And that's not, like, a profound response to have, Mm -hmm. but it's treated like it is one. And that's why I think that this film is kind of a letdown for me. At the end, yeah. Um, And then the movie ends, kind of. So... Yeah, that's it. Really. It like wraps up. This is you know the up. same. The ambulances come in, p- taking away the those that are just cars injured. Come and take a thingy away. Some people getting questioned. Um, and Trad wife and Veronica are, like talking about how they're gonna tell her parents, and 
Stu and uh, Twinkie guy go in the ambulance together because he's like jock and musical theater. Yeah, and he's they're like, is can I come with him? And they're like, is he family? And he goes, yes. <laughs> He's family, but all it took was any other man taking off their shirt and he was fucking them. Disgraceful anyway. behaviour. And then um, I think Alexandra and Jordan crack a few jokes mm-hmm. and talk about how good they are and cool they are. Uh, and then the movie ends. Yeah. Um, I have a little overall thoughts bit. Do you? Uh, give me yours. Okay. Okay. Mostly pretty good. But the ending fucking pissed me off. I didn't like the ending. Mm-hmm. I think the structure of the film kind of would make me struggle if I wasn't watching it with you. Because it's a kill, then there's no kill, and then there's and then there's loads of kills at the end. But the thing is is that I was expecting like a normal slasher structure with like no kills in the beginning and then loads of kills throughout the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's that threw me off a little bit, but that's not like an issue with it. I would have personally paced it differently. But, you know, I'm not the one making the movie. Uh, doesn't know what it, it doesn't know what it's trying to say. That's what I think. I think it's trying to be apolitical, but also political at the same time. And the thing is, is that with conversion therapy, you have to have a solid stance on it. You can't be like, oh, well, you shouldn't abuse people, but, you know, it's okay. They shouldn't, they shouldn't, the counsellors shouldn't be punished. Like, that's not, like, it's such a pussy kind of stance. Yeah. And I think... The filmmakers need to pick a side. For lack of a better works, pick a side. The ending could have been so much better with that message if Jordan had just been like, um, like, I don't want to do this or I'm strong enough not to do this or whatever and just put the gun down and then walked away and was like, oh, Molly, have it, you know? Because instead it was kind of like, oh, I'm against both of you, which is like, oh, I'm against the bad, terrible abuser and I'm also (laughs) against the victim who's been abused and has spent their entire lifetime mentally tormented because of the abuser. And it's not like she's hurting good people. She's only coming after people who abuse children. Literally. Like, what are you doing? Um, There are points where there's build-ups, but no payoff, and payoffs with no build-up. And I'll say, um, so build-up with no payoff, I would argue, would be... um, Alexandra's story, most of it, because she just walks off at the end. And I like that she did it because she was no nonsense. But at the same time, that's it, basically, for yeah. the whole film. And an example of a payoff with no build-up would be a musical guy and jock guy's relationship because it has a payoff, but there's no build-up to it. He just mentions him casually once and that's it. That that didn't make any sense to me. And that's the part that kind of pissed me off a little bit. And then the last note I had was most of the time I was just waiting for kills and there was a little too much build-up for my liking. But overall, I think it was okay. It just, it didn't live up to my personal hype because the trailer looked really good for me. It did. It looked a lot more fun too. I think it was fun because it was queer and there were like fun queer characters. And they were making queer references. Yeah, one of the things with that is it, I mean, it, it almost felt like even though it was directed by a gay man, it almost felt like it, it wasn't in the sense that yeah, it could have definitely had a lot more queer humour, queer joy and a queer attitude towards the subject in film. Yeah. They didn't feel like it was there. There were queer characters. The characters were great and yeah. so queer, but the the plot, the story and the attitude didn't feel like what I recognise as sort of that like 
familial, like, queer storytelling. I think so. I think... Which is hard to define, sure. It felt like the director or maybe writer was kind of trying to placate any straight backers by by doing that ending. Yeah. Um, I obviously don't know the context behind the filmmaking because I tried to look it up online. I couldn't really find. But it just... It just didn't feel like it lacked a bit of oomph. Yeah. A bit of oomph. I think it was enjoyable because it was, I mean, like you said right in the beginning of this episode, like mm. it's one of the very few horror films like it where it's like tackles such yeah. blatant. I mean, so much of horror is queer and so much of it is subtle. exploring, is subtle, is subtly exploring queer mm. um, issues, but it's usually like quite underlining yeah. or it's sort of like an abstract way of addressing it whereas this was just like oh no like here's a horror film where a trans woman's being misgendered and having her hormones taken away from her as punishment and a non-binary character that is being groomed into picking a side etc and obviously conversion therapy um so it was enjoyable for the sense that it's like the only thing of its kind ish one of very few um, so it was enjoyable. It was like, oh, I love this like queerness and the queer fun characters. But it definitely could have been way better, and it could have been done better. And I think that's why that's why I'm personally a little bit like I feel a bit sad about it. Even though like overall it's a fine film. It's like a, I would say I would rate it like a a three out of five on Letterboxd, maybe with a heart. <laughs> but like, because I did like it. But I think that's why even though it's not the worst film ever, I am so like, I am so saddened by how its quality ended up. Because it is, like, a very overtly gay film, a uh, queer film, and it is, like, it should be, I don't know, I want it to be better than it was. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm trying to get at. But it was a, it it was was a step okay. in the right direction. Yeah. So, would you recommend the film? I would. I would, especially to someone who isn't a huge fan of horror because they get very scared. Mm. Um, I'd watch this with my mum. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a nice light one. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's still got like some like slashing and some blood. Yeah. But it's it's quite a light horror, I think. I mean, even like the kills aren't very like graphic or gruesome on screen. We don't see guts. I would watch this with people who aren't gay, and I would watch this with people who are gay or trans. Um, but yeah, I would recommend it. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, just to ask her. Two fun questions at the end. Two fun questions at the end. Yeah, two fun questions at the end. I mean, I would ask, like, how attractive the big bad was. She's not my type. No. I mean, no. even with the mask on, it wasn't an attractive mask. D- no, that, that's such a, it's such a bad mask. It's yeah. such a shit mask. Make I mean, it, it was, it was Honestly, it was quite confusing because... Um, it looked like there was multiple people doing it. Yeah. And that's why we thought it was going to be they, as in a group of people, slashed them, which would have been, in this instance, D- Jordan. Or possibly even Jordan slashing a group of people, right? It's like a, a play, they it's slashing on. them. <laughs> but that's what you said before, remember? Um, but that or wasn't it could the have case. been they's. Yeah. Because it was multiple they's and multiple yeah. non binary people yeah. slashing multiple thems. I would love to see a movie about a non binary group of people just run around killing people, like a non binary cult. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? That's why. Right. No, but I did. I did initially think that Jordan was going to be yeah. the big bad because it would be like a play on because it'd be like yeah. they, as in non-binary they yeah. slash them a bunch of people. Like, it's such a good title, but they don't really use it all that much. They don't. I feel like they could have, but they didn't. The title was the title because it sounds so good. Yeah. And less about like 
meaning anything too much. Yeah, which is a shame. The mask was mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. So the mask wasn't even attractive. No. Um, what was your second question? Um, and my second question yes. is, obviously, what could you change that would make this entire film not happen? How could you avoid this whole mess? How could I avoid this whole mess? Ban conversion therapy. Ban conversion therapy. <laughs> um, my family is very accepting. Um, and so they wouldn't send me to conversion therapy, but they probably would send me somewhere else because I'm very annoying. <laughs> so a couple of months of this, you could just love your children. You could love your children. Ban conversion therapy. Ban conversion therapy. Don't go into the fucking woods. That's a good one. Don't don't abuse kids. Don't have straight sex. Don't have straight sex because you'll get slashed in the middle. Every time. Yeah, and it's not even just this film that says it. Jason Voorhees did it. There you go. Don't trust Kevin Bacon. Don't trust Kevin Bacon. Oh, but he's so good in uh, Tremors. Have you seen Tremors? Yeah. I love Tremors. But yeah, I liked this. I liked they slashed them. Mm. I would recommend it. I would watch it with other people, especially if you like a light horror. Yeah. Um, And if I was to rate it on like Lowbox, I would probably do a 3.5. You liked it more than I did. Maybe a 3, actually. I don't know. I think I say 3.5 just because I'm like, oh, I'm in a good mood. I have a question for you, actually, that I didn't tell you about. It's a surprise question. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. I do. So we have... Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No. Sorry. Ew. Come on. Ew. What's uh, the answer? What's the question? <laughs> the question is, so we've seen now three horror movies on this podcast. Yeah. How would you rank the villains? So we've had Marcella, On the basis of what? On the basis of enjoyment, of how much you enjoyed them. Okay. So we've had Marcela, the boogeyman, and then um, Nurse, uh, nurse Kills a Lot. Nurse, nurse Kills a Lot. Nurse Kills a Lot. Ooh. I'm going to put Nurse Kills a Lot last. Okay. Um, she wasn't the cuntiest slasher. She wasn't. As a gay person, you have a duty to be cunty, especially when you're killing people. Yeah. And also, it's a male-dominated field. Like, she really had to step up to show. <laughs> she needed to step up, but she didn't. Like, that mask? Absolutely not. Put pride flag on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been sick, man. It would have been the last thing they saw before they died. Um, that would have been so funny. She's last. I think I'm going to put the boogeyman second mm-hmm. and Marcella first. Marcella was just the most interesting as a person because yeah. she had depth. She, was she had good most. and bad. She had complexity. She had conflict. Yes. She had love. Um, she murdered she slayed. She slayed. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Literally dead. No. Um, we'll have to find... Um, and Boogeyman's in the middle because Boogeyman was scarier than the Smasher. Mm. Gave you a bit more spook. Had a bit more of an interesting design. Yeah. But um, it wasn't the most insane villain. No. We're going to have to see if we can ever find a villain that can top Marcela on our on our little ranking. That can... Huh? That can what? That can... <laughs> oh for fuck's sake she she could never be topped like that okay you never know she might be a switch she's she's not a switch <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah that was a fun episode yeah it was a good film yes um good enough i can't wait till we get like a really bad film if we're just like well, i don't want to record the episode oh my god that'd be so funny we'll see but then we might have to just switch films 
What's the village? Oh, I hate the village. We'll talk about it another time. I hate the village. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. We've been literally dead. We have. We are. Yeah, we're literally dead. We're so tired. We're literally dead. We're going to go home right after this. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode and we hope you come back next time to die again. And if you don't, that's fine. Fuck you. Totally fine. I don't think it's fine. Meme. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>